Hey, welcome back everybody, Balls and Beards Podcast, uh, lucky episode number 33 already. What? Yeah, right? Uh, no way, dude. I know, right, Mikey? Wow. Can you believe it? Sports guy Chris here, of course, my good friend Mikey, and how are you doing today, Mikey? You know what, dude? Uh, I am doing fan-freaking-tastic, I think. Awesome, man. Nice, nice. Yes, sir. So, we had, you know, we had a week off last week, but we're back in action today and ready to recap, you know, NBA free agency some big moves, some big changes for a lot of teams across the NBA landscape. None more so than I would say Mikey's Lakers making a lot of significant changes. My Bucks had a few moves as well. Um, we're going to hint on that, of course, and we're going to talk about you know some improved teams. Give you a couple teams that we've got our eyes on coming out of free agency. You know that did a good job of overhauling the roster. But last night, Mikey, we had a big trade in the NBA as well. Uh, the Clippers and the Grizzlies swapped out a few veteran players, so we'll lead off with that today. And, uh, you know, it, the Clippers just love to stay in the news and give us stuff to talk about, dude. Yeah, man. They really do. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll lead off with that. So, of course, if you guys haven't heard the trade last night, Memphis shipped Eric Bledsoe back to the Clippers, where he began his career for Patrick Beverly, who had been the longest tenured Clipper, and, of course, veteran point guard Rajon Rondo. Uh, Mikey, I'm yeah. interested to get your take on this. Who is a winner in this? You know, what does it do for the Clippers? You know, um, what's your thoughts on that trade? Uh, well, you know, um, I, I think, um, you know, initially, I think, and I still think, all right, so initially I thought that this was a, a trade that benefited the Grizzlies more so than the Clippers. Um, I still think that this is a trade that benefits the Grizzlies and not the Clippers. Sure. From a player standpoint. Now, having said that, I think that, you know, for the Clippers, this was, by, by and large, a, um, you know, a salary dump of sorts. Because, um, I you would know, agree. Bledsoe yeah. has a fully guaranteed contract for this season, but he only has a partial guarantee for next season at about right. $3.9 million. So, for them, for the Clippers, you bring them in, it's basically like having, you know, a, a, you know, a two-year deal for a free agent... The first year is guaranteed with the team option for that second year. And if he works out, great. You pick up that option, whatever. You guarantee his salary and you move on, whatever. If it doesn't work out, if he doesn't fit in, then you can cut your losses and then you're only sure. getting a tax hit, you know, or whatever. You have to trade out $3.9 million or buy him out or whatever. Right. Um, you know, Bledsoe is not even close to the, you know, player he once was. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, as you mentioned when we were talking prior, you know, this is a guy that in his last year or year before last in in Milwaukee was second team all defense. You know, yes. this is a guy that, you know, because of his, his stocky and, 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 you know, built frame that he was able to, you know, bully up on guards and he was able to kind of bully his way in the paint offensively and he was able to do some really good things. And, you know, he was a spark plug for the Clippers in his few, first few seasons there. But this is a guy that now is on his, technically speaking, fourth team in three years. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Um, you know, yep. Milwaukee, uh, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, and now the Clippers. Mm -hmm. Granted, he did not suit up for the Grizzlies. Right, right. But technically speaking, his fourth team in three years. Um, he was with a team that made deep playoff runs with your Bucks. That's correct, yes. But ultimately, you're, the powers that be there in Milwaukee decided that they needed a change, that he kept falling up, falling short of yes. what expectations were. You weren't going to trade Giannis. No. So you weren't going to trade Chris Middleton. No, so definitely not. So guess what? You know, that meant that Eric Bledsoe yep. was going to be on the chopping block. You guys flipped him for Drew Holiday, a trade that people thought was fairly one-sided to begin with. Um and then you look at what Drew Holiday did versus what Bledsoe did, yeah. and you can see that it was a very lopsided. Yeah, story. big time. Um, um, you know, Bledsoe's still a solid player. You would imagine that he's probably going to get the starting nod in, in L.A. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of, you know, warm, fuzzy feelings because he right. has his homecoming, coming back to the team that drafted him. Sure. But I, I don't know, dude. I, I don't know how this deal works out. Offensively, he's not been the same player. He's been in and out of, with injuries. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I just don't know. And, and one of his claims to fame early on in his career was on the ball defense. True. And yeah. he's not been if – he, if he was anything close to what he had been four or five years ago, then 
he still would be on the Bucks. He yeah, you're still, right. Yeah, he would, he would have a contract yeah. that was guaranteed for a full amount of money, yeah. not a partial guarantee. Yeah. You know, um, and so who knows? On the flip side, the Grizzlies get Beverly, who, you know, you could argue was the heart and soul of the Clippers uh, franchise for the years that he was there in L.A. And I would agree um, with that. Yeah. You know, a guy that, you know, flirted with free agency a couple seasons ago, flirted That's with right. coming to the Lakers. Yeah. Um, you know, but ultimately decided that he wanted to be a Clipper. And now the Clippers return that loyalty. <laughs> kind <laughs> of <laughs> like uh, Blake Griffin from a few right. years ago <laughs> and shipped him out. <clears throat> right. Um, you know, and granted, I get it. Beverly fell behind Drew, uh, um, you know, um, Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson yeah. uh, in terms of losing the starting spot, but sure. he was over there. He would, he would come in in limited minutes. He was a cheerleader on the bench. He would, you know, hound you defensively. All of those things that you really hate if you're the opposing team, myself yeah. included, he brought to the table. Yeah, that, good point. And, you know, he will bring that kind of defense. He'll bring that kind of tenacity to the Grizzlies. I don't think he's a player that is he's 31 years old. I don't think he's a guy that's going to get bought out or request a trade. I think that this is a good fit for him. Yeah, I, agree. I think yeah. even if he's a third stringer on that Grizzlies team, I think that, you know, he he's going to uh, you know, uh, he's going to stay. Rondo I think possibly gets a buyout and probably flirts with playing for a championship contender. I totally see that. Um, yeah. you know, maybe he flirts with, you know, going to Utah. Maybe he flirts with, you know, going back to Dallas and playing with Jason Kidd. I'm not entirely sure. Jason Kidd and Rondo obviously were on the Clippers together, That's or right. the Lakers rather. Yeah, um, yeah. Jason Kidd obviously being an assistant coach with the Lakers. Yes. So maybe that works. Maybe he goes back and maybe he plays kind of that backup. I know mm -hmm. the Dallas Mavericks just signed Bryn Forbes away from your Bucks to back up Luka. But you yeah. know what? Having a Rondo, he put up good numbers in L.A. last year. He did, yeah. Um, you know, so so we'll see. You know, they also get uh, a young big, um, you know, a draft pick from last season, season before last. Mm -hmm. The Grizzlies do a guy they could possibly take a look at and maybe throw down in the G League or do something with yeah. and see what his potential is. Um, but they're pretty well stacked at that position, the Grizzlies are. So, I don't know. I, I don't know about this trade. I don't think this is a trade that, you know, competes with the with the you know, cross hallway rivals, the Los Angeles Lakers. Fair enough. I don't know if this is a trade that moves the needle in terms of move, vault, vaulting the Clippers above the Suns or yeah. the Utah Jazz or even the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I think that this is a deal that is lopsided towards the Grizzlies, and I, I will I will take that um, into this season and stand by that statement. There we go. Um, you know, that's that's what I'm saying. That's my breakdown of that trade there, Chris. Nice, Mikey. Hey, you know, great, great uh, info as always, my friend. Um, I think he hit the nail on the head. I think it was definitely a salary dump. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I want to say the Clippers are saving somewhere in the ballpark at $25 million or something like that. I know you had mentioned before it was somewhere 20 to $30 mil. This will save them. So, you know, that makes sense. Um you mentioned Bledsoe's decline, and I think that is definitely fair. The last three years in particular, his numbers have went down a little bit for sure. Um, and you look what he did last year, you know, 12.2 points, 3.8 assists, 3.4 rebounds, 42.1% shooting from the field, 34.1% from long range. So those numbers continued to kind of slide down a little bit. Um, you made some great points. You know, the big thing... With Milwaukee was, we, we saw it in the uh, 2019, the Eastern Finals against Toronto. He struggled. We won the first two games, but it was despite Bledsoe. And it was very clear those next four games, he was just unable to really match what he had, had been as a defender before. I mean, he, he did not have a good series defensively. And then his inability to create any kind of a shot really impeded our offense um, with, the, with the adjustments that Nick Nurse made. We said, all right, we'll bring it back. Hopefully, you know, we can improve on that. He was even worse in the bubble in our upset loss to the Heat. So, like you pointed out, it was clear <clears throat> that we needed to make a change there. You know, we did. Um, and as you pointed out, it didn't really work that well for him in New Orleans. The only thing I will say, at least with him going to the Clippers, it could be a little bit better of a fit because it's become abundantly clear that he is really not very good at creating his own shot anymore. His standalone three-point shooting is not that great as well mediocre at best so 
this guy kind of needs to be around other guys that can create offense. Yeah. With Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, obviously, those two guys can create offense. They're really good at that. So he maybe can kind of ease more into that third, fourth kind of role and not be expected to do a lot of creating. You know, his defense, we'll see. You know, I, I don't know where that's going to be at. Clearly, he's taking a step back. But maybe it works okay for the Clippers in that regard because he's hopefully not going to have to be any kind of a playmaking role. Maybe he slides in. It's a little bit of a, of a rebound for him. Or even if the numbers stay about what they were last year, he can improve on the shooting percentage a little bit. Obviously, I think that would be needed. But it could work a little bit for the Clippers. I, I don't know if it necessarily moves the needle too much, like you said as well. I, I don't really, I'm not going to go that far. But I could see it maybe working a little bit in that regard. I agree with you. I think uh, the flip side of it, I think Beverly's going to be a good fit for that young Memphis team. Scrappy likes to get after it. I think that's a great fit there. And I would be shocked if Rondo is on the Grizzlies roster to start next year. I totally agree with you. I think he's going to get bought out and, you know, go searching somewhere else. Where he ends up, that'll be interesting to see. But, um, you know, I, w I, I wasn't aware he was as effective and productive as he was for the Clippers this past season, as you pointed out. So, you know, clearly Rondo, dude keeps getting older, but he's still got some stuff in the tank. Little Energizer buddy, you know, keep going here. But uh, that's my take on the trade. You know, um, like you said, I agree with you. I don't know if it's necessarily a big mover of the needle one way or the other for either of these teams. But, um, <clears throat> you know, we'll see what happens. It, it could it could work for Bledsoe. You know, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, just easing into a role where he doesn't have to be a big focus or or you know creator in that regard sure uh, so yeah there's my take on that but um you know now we'll take a quick break guys we covered that trade and we'll come back and we'll jump in we got a lot of free agency stuff to talk about of course walls and beards podcast episode 33 Welcome back, everybody. So, you know, Mikey and I let off. We had a nice little chat about the Clippers trade last night, of course, swapping out some veterans. Now we'll move on. Time to cover some free agency. And, of course, you know, I don't think there was any team bigger, you know, in the free agency market as far as making moves than Mikey's Lakers. So we've heard it all. There's been a lot of guys coming back to the Lakers. Yeah. going to be, be there for a second, even third stint with the team. Also, a lot of talk about the age of some of the guys. Mikey, of course, you know, I'm excited to get your take. Your Lakers are going to be a very much, you know, new-look team. I want to say only four guys coming back from last year, if, yeah, if I remember not you, very you know, correctly here. Yeah. So, all right, brother, floor's yours. Um, take me through the Lakers offseason moves and how you feel about your roster heading into this oh, year. Oh, man. Um, you know, obviously the big news is that um, – you know, the Lakers went and traded, you know, Kuzma and and KCP right, yeah. and Montrez Harrell um, and our draft pick to, you know, Washington for, you know, Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, if I'm not mistaken, we did talk about that in the last did, episode. Yeah. We yep. broke that down. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a move that the more I look at it and, you know, I see pictures online and, and social media and stuff like that of, Westbrook and LeBron already in the gym, already, you know, they're going to summer league games together and stuff like that. And, I mean, I granted, these guys weren't necessarily, like, mortal enemies, and all of a sudden they've right, yeah, come together yeah. to form Voltron or anything. But, like, <laughs> you know, they were already friends to begin with. Sure. Um, but it is good to see. It's good to see that them, build, you know, building some of that chemistry and kind of, oh, absolutely, you know, yeah. working towards a common goal. Um, you know, the other moves that the Lakers have made, Chris, I, I like them. I mean, you brought back Dwight yeah. Howard. One yeah. of the biggest things, and you can check the tape, is, you know, one of my biggest knocks last season was that we got rid of JaVale McGee and we let Dwight Howard go. You are right. In free agency, and yep. he signed with the Sixers. And, you know, we got rid of our rim running, we got rid of our shot blocking and our rebounding in favor of Marc Gasol, who's still on our roster. Uh, and, yes, right. and, you know, a undersized but definitely energizer bunny in Montrez Harrell. Yeah. Um, you know, and then obviously we went in the buyout market eventually when um, Andre Drummond was bought out and, you know, signed him. And, you know, Drummond 
didn't do anything spectacular. I think he was very an underwhelming addition to our yeah. roster last yeah. year. Um, you know, rebounded the ball still pretty well. He is yeah. a good rebounding oh, yeah, big. I think he averaged something like 11.5 rebounds a game Sounds when he was right. with us. Yeah. Um, you know, and ironically, you know, we basically did another center swap. Yeah. And he signed <laughs> he with the Sixers, yeah. and, you know, yeah. we got Dwight. So, we got Dwight, yeah. But I think Dwight fits in better. I, I think I him agree. spelling, you know, whether it's Gasol that starts, whether it's Anthony Davis that starts, sure. and the minutes get split for backup between Howard and Gasol, depending on whatever the matchup might be, I think works. Um, you know, bringing back all those ex-Lakers, I think, also helps us. You know, and I know that there's a lot of jokes being made about our age of our roster and how we got considerably older yeah. Um, with this trade, uh, you know, with the trade and the free agency signings. But, you know, Trevor Ariza last year was pretty effective. He didn't play the entire season. He kind of sat out for a good bulk of the season before he ended up coming right. back to the league. Yep. So I think his legs are still relatively fresh. It's not like he played all, you know, 72 games or whatever point. last yeah. year. Yep. Um, you know, I think when you look at somebody like Wayne Ellington, he's in his, you know, lower 30s. Um, yep. You know, he's a guy that he's, yeah, he's not going to spell a lot of minutes. Um, but you know what? He's going to come in there. He shoots the ball effectively. He does, um, yeah. You know, I was sad to see the Lakers let him go when he played with us before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a guy that can get the job done. He's, yep. he's a good utility player. He's going to get the job done. When he does get his playing time, he's not going to, much like Wes Matthews last year, um, he's not going to be a guy that's going to argue and, and fight and, you know, demand right, minutes. Right, he, yeah. He's there with the common goal that everybody has, and that's to win a championship, or at least be in that title contention um, come playoff time. Um, You know, Melo, another guy. I mean, you know, it's funny that, you know, two guys that I've had my fair share of criticisms about over (laughs) the years, and of course over the the life of this podcast thus far, Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook. And with Melo, you know, you look at his last couple seasons in Portland, and yeah, he's 36 years old. With the retirement of Kyle Korver, um, this is now the only two players left that are actively playing in the NBA from the 2003 NBA draft are Melo and LeBron James. Oh, wow. There we go. Um, so there's a fun stat for you. Yeah. Um, and they happen to be on the same team. Yeah. But <laughs> look, that? you know, Carmelo Anthony was six, anywhere between 16 to 20, 22 minutes. He's going to be an effective guy off the bench. He's going to be a spot starter. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, he's a guy that is going to come in. He accepted that role in Portland coming in off the bench. He did. There were moments when C.J. McCollum was hurt and, you know, Dame Lillard was out there or he was sitting on the bench. Anytime, you know, Terry uh, 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 Stotts needed a basket or a bucket or they needed a go-to score, they went to Melo down yeah, the stretch right. and he produced well for them. He did. He did. Um, and if there's one thing that the Lakers lacked – immensely last year was shot creation and you know offense when ad and lebron were not in the game when they missed you know 70 games collectively between the two of them you know the guys that we anticipated being our offensive minded guys dennis Schroeder, kyle kuzma really work out um, you know those guys they they completely fell flat yeah they did Um, you know if if morris if markeith morris is your go-to scorer if at times during a game, you're yeah. you're not going to be you know in title contention. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry to say. Yeah. Um. So I, I think that you know those were good moves, and despite what you want to say, Kyle, you know we also went and got Kent Bazemore again. He's yeah. a guy that yeah. could jump out of the gym. He played well for the for the Golden State Warriors last he did. year. He really He's did. on the same trajectory that he had been on before because he yep. played for the Warriors prior to coming to the Lakers the last time, and now he does the same thing again. Same thing again. Um, but he's an athletic guy. He's a good defender. I mean, you know, our wing defenders are going to be really good this year. And even Melo, much like Jason Kidd later on in his career, He's able to. He's really learned how to use his lower body and use his legs and be able to stay in front and be physical with guys. He can't do it for long stretches. He's not going to be a defensive player of the year candidate yeah. or anything like that. But he's a guy that can make the play, can stay in front. You know, he might get torched here and there, but you know what? That's okay. When you've got Dwight Howard, when you've got Gasol, when you've got AD, you know, to kind of help clean up some of those mistakes, man, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the other move that we made, you know, we re-signed Talon Horton Tucker. Yes, uh, big yes. move. Um, that was you a know, big I one. think yep. you know the Lakers 
much like in years past where we had to decide between Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma, mm-hmm. um, or even, you know, you had to choose between Shaq and Kobe, you know, the Lakers made the decision between Alex Caruso and THT that we went with THT. They got virtually in the same kind of contract, you know, Alex Caruso obviously going to Chicago. Right, um, yeah. But with Talon Horton Tucker, you're talking about a 20-year-old that has a seven-some-odd-foot wingspan that's got mm-hmm. p- immense potential. And getting totally. him for four years, 32 mil, so $8 million a season is probably a steal. If this guy continues yeah. with his trajectory that he was on last season, yep. Chris, this dude could be a very much a starter for us. He could definitely fit that spot. Totally be a 3 and D yeah. guy. A guy yeah. that, you know, LeBron can go to the bench, he can slide over, he can play the three, he can play the four. In a small ball lineup, he can play the two. This is a guy that is multifunctional, yeah. multifaceted. He's a good defender. He's a playmaker. He gets those weird herky-jerky moves around the rim, gets to the yeah. basket with relative <laughs> yeah. ease. He's he's stealthily athletic. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, and, and so he's young, obviously. And we also got Malik Monk away from um, the Hornets, a yes. guy that was a contributor yep. to them last year, shot right. the ball pretty well from deep. 23 um, years old, so he's young, right? at least, you know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and another guy that's a 3 and D type player. Yeah, you're right. Um, yep. And, you know, we got him on a really good, you know, team-friendly deal. Yep. Um, and the beautiful thing about a lot of these contracts, Chris, is that, you know, come buyout time, come, you know, NBA trade deadline, these are all guys that depending on depending on how they're performing and depending on where we're at and where the trade marker it is at, these are guys that could be coveted and a team might be willing to make a trade for them if they're trying to make a playoff push in the Eastern Conference or something like that. Sure. Maybe the Lakers take a couple of these guys, package them and ship them off and, and get another, you know, a totally. fourth guy or whatever yeah. to go, whatever. Um, but I, I like what the Lakers did. You know, the other thing that they did that kind of went unheralded and was really quiet and under the radar is they re-signed, you know, uh, Coach Vogel to an extension. They did, that's right, um, yeah. Nobody talked know, about that. No, but, no, yeah, not really. No. And, um, right under the radar. You know, you know, he's he's obviously been the right man for the job. He's, yeah. he's you know, he's not this flashy guy. I think, in the two years. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, he has the respect of the locker room. You know, we even losing Jason Kidd, you know, we bring in David Fisdale, former yeah. head coach, good head, you know, good assistant coach. Was there in Miami when LeBron was winning in Miami? Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, didn't have as much. He had success in Memphis before moving on to New York, um, and we still have Phil Handy. We still have a really good, you know, respectable coaching staff. Um, so I really like what the Lakers did, dude. And you know, yeah. I think that um, yeah, on paper, I think in the Western Conference, it's really hard to argue against you know the Lakers being the top team on paper. Yeah, um, yeah, than anybody else in the Western Conference. And that includes, you know, the Western Conference champion, Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Um, I, I know that they re-signed Chris Paul, but, you know, and they, and they acquired JaVale McGee, and, you know, they made some moves down there this offseason. But sure. on paper, the Lakers definitely are the team to beat in the Western Conference. Um, um, he, sure. But, yeah, dude, and then your Bucks, man. Uh, listen up your Bucks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, I mean, uh, you know, to – to just touch on your Lakers real quick, and we'll jump into the Bucks. I mean, I, as you guys are signing veteran after veteran, you know, my eye was on Talon Horton Tucker the whole time because to me it was the key if they could bring him back because, as you pointed out, 20 years old, he had the breakout season last year. This is the kid that, with the wingspan, that can do a little bit of everything that was, in my opinion, the key to making all of these veteran guys work. You still needed to keep some kind of youth there. And I thought out of all those young guys to keep, including Caruso, that was the guy. So, you know, I, I love that you re-sign Horton Tucker. And I think that that helps this whole class, if you will, that you just brought in really kind of, you know, mold together. You you know, you talked about the ages and, yeah, all right, the, the Lake Show might have got a little bit older. But, look, this was never going to be a youth movement <coughs> when, you got, when you went and traded for Russell Westbrook, who's... Yeah what, 32, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around there. So we knew it wasn't going to be a youth movement. It was a veteran movement to get this team a bunch of veterans that want to go win a ship together. So, um, But I like uh, Horton Tucker. Malik Monk, like you talked about, being 23 years old, that was a great deal. One year, $1.7 million. So, you know, great job there. Kendrick Nunn, I, I thought the, 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 you gave oh, him yeah. a two-year deal yeah. out of the whole group, and that was the guy to give a two-year deal, you know, 26 years old. None will step in and play really good. 
you know, the age of the rest of the guys, yeah, Reese is 36, Mello's about to be 37, Dwight Howard's 35, Ellington's 33, Bazemore is 32. So, yeah, you know, some veteran guys. But out of all that group of those players, Mello's the guy that's going to play the most minutes. And as you pointed out, he's been very effective for Portland the last few years. And uh, I, I see him being very effective for the Lakers coming off the bench in the same role. Quite frankly, the Lakers have a hell of a lot more going for them than the Trailblazers do, so it should be even easier for Melo to come in, be able to get his buckets and be a contributor, and know that he doesn't have to necessarily go out there and try to throw up 17 to 20 a game for you guys. That he, He won't need to do that. He just needs to basically be a serviceable guy and be a leader while he's out there, so that's why they brought him in. I like what you guys did. Um, I thought it was a good balance of, you know, youth and bringing in the veterans. The loss of Crusoe does hurt a little bit. You know, similar to my Bucks, we lost P.J. Tucker. You know, you could argue yeah. you lost your best defender, we lost our best defender. But yeah. that being said, both of those guys weren't necessarily any kind of offensive juggernauts. Um, so you could, and in Tucker's case, I think you could argue with his age and the amount of energy he did expound this last postseason, it's going to be hard for him to match that level. Sure. He's still going to be really good, don't get me wrong, but yeah. to get that level of P.J. Tucker again, I don't know if we're going to see that again. So um, that being said, great transition over to my Bucks. The big excitement, of course, for us Bucks fans was being able to bring back Bobby Portis on a very team-friendly two-year, $9 million deal. Very excited for that. He's 26, so, you know, obviously the Bobby chance, he really had a breakout postseason for us, you know, really endeared himself to the fan base. Um, bringing George Hill back again yeah. is nice. Yeah. You know, Hill is a great complimentary player. He'll kind of help to, you know, fill the void of Brent Forbes moving on. Would have loved to have that guy back too, but kind of figured he would be gone. So, But George Hill comes back in. He's familiar with the team, and he's actually he shot really good from three-point range this last year, and his defense is actually, to despite him being 35 now, has gotten better the last couple years. He's been a pretty good defender the last few years as well. So um, bringing him back, that's great. Uh, he was actually you could argue, more successful point guard than Eric Bledsoe was for us our last couple playoff runs there. You know, Hill would come in and was just as productive, if not more so, than Bledsoe was. So um, we're excited to have him back. And then, you know, a couple other more minor deals with with Rodney Hood coming over and then Semi, and I'm going to screw his name up, Ojale, or, you know, coming over from Boston. Kind of a, you know, bulkier guy that we can throw in. Not going to be the same level defender as P.J. Tucker, but can kind of fill that role a little bit. Not, not He doesn't have that corner three that P.J. had, but you go through and, and you know, Tucker was, was okay offensively, but that's not why we had brought him in. It was it was for his defense. So I think we can we can absorb the, the loss of his defense and, and we'll be okay. And then the other move they made, which we, we went and traded for Grayson Allen, which at first, you kind of go, okay. Um, and then I looked at it, and I'm going, okay. He actually had a pretty good year last mm-hmm. year. He had career highs across the board, 10.6 points, 3.2 boards, 2.2 assists. And he shot 39.1% from three-point range. The season before, he was a 40% three-point shooter. So um, I, I'll be honest, I hated this guy at Duke. I didn't like him um, at all. So, you know, I'm going to get a guy that I wasn't necessarily a big fan of as well. But I am a fan of him improving each season he's been in the league. So uh, I think we'll definitely find a role for him, especially if he can continue to shoot 39 40% from three-point range. You know, we can roll with that. So um, we'll see how that works out. Again, a young player, though, again. So, you know, Milwaukee did a pretty good job of staying relatively young, if anything, you know, letting Tucker go. We did replace him with some younger guys, so... You know, Hood's 28, Ojole's 26, uh, Allen, I think, is 25 or 26, somewhere in there as well, right right around there, 24 or 25. So I like what the Bucks did. You know, they're running it back for the most part, but I do like the veteran pieces that we brought in. I think they'll complement the core, you know, just as good. But for the most part, pretty much everybody's back. Yeah, we lost PJ, but, you know, again, I think the sum of the parts will be able to absorb that loss. Going to the Heat kind of hurts, you know. I, I yeah. And I know Miami got Kyle Lowry as well, but I'm not going to go overboard with that. This isn't Kyle Lowry from five years ago. And, again, yeah. this is a P.J. Tucker that expounded a ton of energy 
Um, just I, I got exhausted watching him each game chase Kevin Durant around, and to, despite him being in Durant's face, you know, of course he still went off. But I mean, that guy with the tireless energy. So we'll see what happens. But overall, I'm very happy with where Milwaukee's at. And again, a big part of it was was getting our workhorse, you know, Bobby Portis back. But Mikey, brother, what do you think about what the Bucks did? How do you like our chances? What do you think of the, the Milwaukee going? Yeah, I've been looking at it. And first of all, I need to have a correction. Uh, Bryn Forbes, I said earlier, signed with Dallas. He, in fact, did sign with San Antonio. Like oh, all right. He did so, go back yeah, to he San went, Antonio. Yeah, he went okay. back to San Diego. So that was my bad. Um, you know, I, I was actually pretty surprised about the Grayson Allen trade. Um, yeah, I it kind of came out of nowhere. I, 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 mean, I do really. like that one. I mean, like you yeah. said, he's a young yeah. dude. He's still in his rookie contract. Yeah. Um, he can shoot the ball well. Um, he reminds me a lot of, like, the other white guys you have on your squad. <laughs> right, with yeah. Pat Connaughton and, and uh, DiVincenzo. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, he's kind of a hard-nosed, gritty kind of a player. Yeah. Um, he, he'll do he'll do whatever's asked of him by the coaching staff. That's true, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that when you're a young player, um, you know, and again, I'm just speculating, but like sure. being a young player and knowing that the defending champions wanted you on their roster. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's got to right. be a confidence boost. Sure. Going from the mediocre, you know, Indiana Pacers to, you know, the defending champs. I mean, that's a huge deal. And yeah. knowing that you get to go into a situation where, you know, you're, I don't know what your playing time is going to look like, but you're going to have the opportunities to play. Mm. You've got to stay ready. Um, but to know that you're going to you're going to be competing for a championship, arguably, and you're going to be there in contention at the Eastern Conference is you know that's got to be huge. Sure. Um, you know Rodney Hood, that's a great pickup for you guys too. Yeah, I love uh, that one. You know, yep. again, same. You know, I think he fits in very well. He could be this next season's you know Bobby Portis for you guys. Yeah, right. Sure. Um, sure. You know, I, I think kind of one of the underrated uh, moves that you guys made was bringing back Giannis's brother. Yeah, dude, um, definitely. You know, yeah. Tenancis. Yeah. Uh, yep. So, like, I think that's kind of underrated, just in a sense of, like, you know, you kept the family in-house. So, I yep. mean, you know, you kept you kept Giannis happy. You kept bro definitely. brother around. And know. he's a high-energy dude. Thomas right. is always waving the towel, jumping all over right. the place. So, like, I mean, he's an yeah. excellent guy that, you yep. know, on the bench playing that cheerleader-type role. Yeah. Um, you know, I like the moves that you guys did. Um, you nice. know, the thing, your losses, I don't think – you know, yes, the energy of what P.J. Tucker brought to the table, you know, is infectious. But I think Bobby Porter and a lot of the guys that you have on your squad are going to be able to more than be able to make up yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think losing Bryn, losing Forbes, I mean, that was he was a good player. Um, you know, I don't remember him playing a whole hell of a lot come NBA yeah, finals. He was a midseason pickup um, and he was in and out of the lineup in the postseason. Right. So, so yeah. I don't think that that's one. I think that's definitely <clears throat> a deal where it was like, you know, I mean, obviously he's familiar with the San Antonio franchise. Right. Um, he's coming off of a championship. He knows what that's like. Yep. San Antonio could use all the help they can get yeah. with uh, Popovich's True. roster of, of having experienced guys, in yeah. particular because. You know, you did lose Patty Mills to the Brooklyn Nets. Yes. Um, yes. So you needed to bring in a guy that's going to be able to come in off the bench because Forbes True. isn't going to start. Yeah. Um, he's going to come in off the bench and provide experience and all that kind of stuff. So I really do do like what you guys um, did. Um, you know, and and I think that you guys definitely stayed near the top of the pack in terms of the Eastern Conference. Having said that, yeah, you know, I I think Miami grew leaps and bounds. If you look at what Miami was able to accomplish post All Star break last year, you know, a lot like Washington, they were a team that really kind of turned it on. Yeah, um, they, did. they were a team that started to find a stride. And yes, they had some injuries that kind of hindered them down the, the the absolute stretch. And you're right, Kyle Lowry is not the same Kyle Lowry from a few years ago. But the problem is, is it. And I say problem because that's what I mean in a good way for the Miami Heat. And that is, this is a guy that's never been overly athletic. This isn't a yeah. guy like a Russell Westbrook. He's been the yeah. kind of opposite of a Russell, yeah, Russell Westbrook. True. Yep. He's a guy that's not overly athletic. Yep. He's always kind of had this like baby fat look to him where it's like, dude, you, you're going to grow out of that baby <laughs> fat or what? But he's a stocky guy. And here's the thing. He is. Here's why yeah. he's a problem. Much like the other additions that Miami made in P.J. And Mar Tucker and Markeith Morris and re-signing all the other guys that they did. Mm. Kyle Lowry is a Miami Heat basketball player. Yeah. 
You yeah. want to talk about a culture and a specific type of player. <clears throat> that I agree with Kyle you. Kyle Lowry yeah, fits that Miami that team. really good, yeah. Uh, ridiculously well. Yeah, you're right, you're right. And so, much like P.J. Tucker, P.J. Yep. Tucker, he's not going to play nearly as much as he did down the stretch in, yeah. in the Bucks. And I this agree. season, you know, uh, Eric Spolstra is going to stagger his minutes. Pro- there might be games where he's not going to play. They're right. going to rest him. Um, he's... P.J. Tucker is a player that they signed for the postseason. Oh, absolutely. He's a player totally. that they signed totally. to <clears throat> potentially go up against your Bucks in the playoffs, to go up against the Brooklyn right. Nets in your yep. playoffs. Yep. This is a guy that they brought in for that specific purpose. I, I think that the Miami Heat probably outside of your Bucks, and maybe even more so than your Bucks, had the best offseason in the Eastern Conference. Maybe even more so than Chicago – Maybe even more so than um, the Hornets. Um, you know, I think that what they did, and you look at the players that they resigned, and it's a ridiculously amount, ridiculous amount. They resigned Butler to a yeah, contract got extension. Him they locked him yes, up. Yes, they man. did. Locked him up. He's yep. he's he's signed <clears throat> now through 2026. You resigned Duncan Robinson. Duncan Duncan Robinson was kind of fell move, off dude. a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Didn't shoot yeah. the ball as well, yeah. but. You got him on a very team-friendly $15.6 million contract over five years. You got him good. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, you re-sign, and this was this was a this is very much a, a, a team signing that just has everything to do with loyalty, and that's you brought back Haslam. Yeah, Haslam, yep, you're right. You are allowing Victor Oladipo, who did not have a good year last year, who struggled on the de- on the <laughs> offensive end, he struggled defensively, he struggled with injuries. Mm-hmm. But here's a guy in name and potential is a guy that if he discovers his shot, if he discovers his ability to put the ball in the hole and play the way he did, here's a guy that's going to help that team immensely. Dwayne Dedman, big, strong, can rebound, can shoot the ball, sort of, kind of, block shots. Um, You know, he did good things. The guys that you lost, Drogic, Iguodala, Ariza, you know, Kendrick Nunn, you know, in particular, Drogic, Yigdala, and Ariza, you got, you've got rid of some of your older guys. Yeah, And you true. have nothing but yep. younger dudes that you brought in. Yes, P.J. Tucker, Markeith Morris, Lowry, they're on the older side, but not as old as Iggy, not as old yeah, as Ariza. Yeah, right. So, yeah. you know, I think that, you know, you, you, you did, Miami did good things. Um, they got players that are playing within that Pat Riley, you know, Eric Spolstra style of basketball. I agree. They did do a great job of, of fitting that heat mold, the culture that they have going down there with the moves that they made. Totally agree with you, Mikey. I yeah. think that's a great point. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, they, they, they had probably, in my opinion, they had probably one of the best off seasons in the Eastern Conference. Sure. Um, They're you know, definitely showing up on under everybody's winners list. That's absolutely, for sure. and, absolutely. They, and rightfully so. I agree. You know, I thought the moves were great. So um, they definitely got tougher, no doubt about it. And you, as you pointed out, some of those moves directly to compete with Milwaukee and Brooklyn in particular here in the East. So uh, Miami will be there uh, for sure. You know, and and you know they kept Jimmy Butler happy, and a big part of things you got to keep your stars happy as well. Yeah. Um. So bringing him and and you know he wanted Lowry and everything. <laughs> so, um. You know, great points. I think Lowry will be a great fit. Uh. And and then again, like you pointed out, some of the other guys that they re-signed and brought back. So, uh. Yeah, Miami's gonna be there for sure. Yeah, they're gonna be a top four team in the East, I believe. Uh, and, and you know they're not they're definitely not going to go anywhere so uh, be interesting to see Oladipo is the wild card I uh, I'm not going to disagree the potential the ceiling is there I'm just not sold on that guy I really am not I'm going to have to see uh, I'm going to have to see something and more than 20 games worth of you know uh, anything you know yeah. he's been so yeah. hurt I, I I couldn't even tell you what the guy's game is anymore because I don't even <laughs> think he knows you know you have yeah. to be on the court. You have to play. He's been now shift around to several different teams as well. Um, you know, again, I, he's a great talent. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue that. But if it works, the potential is could be huge. Yeah. 
or he might not give him much of a boost at all. So, but I well, think, I think it, it's a low risk, to. high reward. Yeah, type I totally situation. agree. For his yeah, one-year yeah, contract totally of less totally than three agree. million dollars, yeah, if he comes in and he averages seventeen Dude, points or fifteen absolutely, points, absolutely. or has that production that you lost when you yeah. traded Drogic away, like you. You win. You yeah, win that trade. I, no, and he dude, plays totally. himself. And, you know, there's nothing quite like a motivated player. Dennis Schroeder, you know, that. notwithstanding, yeah. you know, there's, yeah, I mean, you know, there's something to be said for a motivated player and playing totally. on a contending team yep. I think is going to help. Um, you know, another team, Chris, that I think did, you know, pheno- phenomenal in the Eastern Conference in particular was the Wizards. I mean, you know, this is a team that came on strong last season. Yeah, Had one did. of the better records post-All-Star break. Yep. Uh, and a lot of the moves that they did, they made trades for. And, and you know, the trade with the Lakers certainly helped them. I mean, and then them signing Spencer Dinwiddie to a relatively team-friendly contract yeah. of $18 yep. million. Um, You know, you get KCP from the Lakers. You get Kyle Kuzma from the Lakers. You get Montrez Harold from the Lakers. Um, you know, you, you made some good moves there that I think, you know, are going to help kind of propel them and Wes Unseld into, you know, I don't know about contention, but I think that they're certainly going to be more competitive last year. I agree, yeah. To build off of that eight seed and the, the, you know, the, the run they made at the end of the season, definitely. Yeah. I, I agree. It's, they totally kind of floated under the radar, too, you know, after the trade, uh, swapping Russell to the uh, Lakers, as you yeah. pointed out. But I agree. I, I This team added a lot of pieces and, and got a lot better. So instead of just being a two-man show like they were last year, they're going to be kind of set at, at yeah. several different positions now. So, um, Mikey, I agree with you. I, I, I thought uh, I thought they did a great job. I thought Washington did get better. You know, yeah. maybe not in contention, but certainly they're going to be competing for a playoff spot again. Yes. They're going to keep themselves in that conversation. And I doubt they're going to start as horrible as last year's Washington team started. So Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that, you know, if there's any indicate, you know, any – there should be no uh, – rather, let me rephrase it. There should be no doubt now that this is Bradley Beal's team. Yeah, I totally. That, you dude, know, and, and that's not a knock on Russell Westbrook. No. But much like the Lakers having to make a choice between Shaq and Kobe back in the day or, you know, or something like that. Like, this was a deal where, you know, the, the Wizards had to make a, a deal. Like, it was like either they trade Russell Westbrook or they get rid of Bradley Beal. I agree, There was man. no way that they I were going to totally come back agree. into this next season. Yeah. And they were going to have both of those guys still on yeah. this roster. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you, you're seeing the inevitability of that happening in real time right now with the situation in Portland between C.J. Yeah. McCollum and, and, and Dame Lillard. Yeah. You know, you, you have this kind of battle that people and, and talking, talking heads seem to be having about who do you keep, you know? I mean, Lillard is probably... He's the guy that's more coveted, for sure. Sure. But he's also in the franchise. And, yeah. you know, C.J. McCollum, as good as he is, he's a good, you know, solid two option. Dame Willard is a number one guy. True. And so, you know, obviously you're going to get a better, potentially, you know, better trade offers for Dame Lillard than you would for C.J. McCollum. But, totally agree. you know, eventually you're going to have to make a deal. And, you know, if you're Portland you might have to come down to that. So I yeah. think that that's going to be something to look out for coming up here this next season. Especially if, you know, Chauncey Billups kind of flounders and they don't, you know, you look at what they lost in Portland. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think, um, you know, you lost Zach Collins, he signed with San Antonio. You lost Cantor, he went back to Boston. You lost, yeah. you know, Carmelo Anthony, who obviously signed with the Lakers. You haven't done anything with Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Um, Harry Giles, those were guys that were contributors last year. You re-signed Norman Powell, okay, good pickup, doesn't really move the needle. Nah, you know, you yeah. signed oh, Ben McElmore, last team was with the Lakers, and yeah. he kind of yeah. did, he did okay. Yeah. Cody Zeller, nothing to, you know, okay, whatever. Yeah. Tony Snell, okay, you know, that's a, not a terrible pickup, but he's nah, not a guy that moves the needle a whole hell of a no, lot. No, no. And, you know, you got a rookie in Greg Brown, and you signed your two-way guy in Trendon Watford. Uh, don't even know who the hell that dude is. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you didn't do anything. I, no. I, and, you know, if you are, you know, uh, Neil Ashley and, and, you know, the front office there in Portland, obviously when you have Dame Lillard on the court, you're going to be competitive. Yeah, totally. But I think that when you look at the stacked Western Conference and you look at the teams that are predictably going to be better, San Antonio potentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Sacramento – um, you know, 
you look at where you know the Lakers aren't going to be, arguably be in the play-in tournament this next year. Yeah, which bumps Portland out of yeah. you know, the top six. Yeah. So you know you look at certain things like that. Denver's going to get Jamal Murray back. Like yeah. you you look at some of these things, and I just don't see how Portland competes with the rest of the top tier teams in the Western. Mikey, yeah, I totally agree. Portland, um, you know they 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 lost quite a bit, and uh, I don't know Portland. I just I think it's going to be. A tough year for them. I really yeah. do. You know, because, like you pointed out, your Lakers got better. Memphis is good, probably going to be better. Um, I mean, the Pelicans are still a wild card with Zion and everything. You know, yeah. the Pelicans yeah. could be better. And I think you made a point. I agree with you. The Spurs are going to be, be better. I think the Warriors are going to be better. So, oh, yeah. I, I mean, the it, Warriors are getting, you know, Clay Thompson back. Clay Thompson back. And when you're going to have Draymond and yep. you're going to have Steph Curry and you're going to have, you know, Clay Thompson back, that three-headed beast yep. there in Golden State, I mean, it's hard to argue against them. And yep. they're going – and they, you know, there was talk of, of you know, MVP talk with, with Steph yep. Curry the way that he was playing last year. Yeah. And, you know, they weren't nearly the same time. They were – team, they, they were they – were, Snubs. They were getting oh, their yeah, asses totally, whooped man. all over yeah. the court, and they were losing by 30, 40 right. points. They were yeah. they were having some beatdowns. They were, yeah. and you know, they, you know, you look at the guys that they brought in. You know, they drafted some good guys in Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, you know, you brought back Igudala. I think you know an unheralded. Um, signing for them was bringing in Otto Porter. A yeah, Otto Porter been, was a big move. You know, I, yeah, you, I like, you, I love that move. Kelly Oubre went yes. to Charlotte. He did. You know, yep. didn't quite fit in there. He but didn't. you have Andrew Andrew Wiggins still, yep. so you still have some tradable pieces. You know, it, it, it's they did some good things there. Yeah, and you yep. know, I, dude, that's going to be kind of scary. I agree. And yeah. Otto Porter turned down more money from some other teams yeah. to go play play with the Warriors. So I always a great sign when veterans want to come aboard and yeah. and uh, are willing to take that pay cut. Absolutely, totally, man. I think that leaves the Trailblazers on the outside looking in. I think Possibly. they drop down nine, ten seed maybe, and they're at yeah. the back end of that play-in tournament, just just trying to get in. Yeah. So I agree. We'll see what happens. You know, one other team. What I liked that they did back in the East, I know I think you liked what they did as well, was the Bulls, you know, and it was just as much of taking care of their young star with Zach Levine as anything else and trying to get that guy finally some much-needed help. Of course, the biggest move was bringing DeRozan in from San Antonio. Um, I think a guy whose game complements Zach Levine very much. Um, they paid him a boatload of money, three years, $85 million, but... Sometimes you have to overspend to get yeah. guys. You know, I don't like the money they doled out, but I like the fit in the roster they put together. Lonzo Ball. And now Lonzo Ball can finally go, okay, I'm at a place where I'm wanted. Because yeah. he has gotten better each yeah. year. Um, but it was never clear that the Pelicans really wanted him that much. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now it's like Chicago clearly wanted him, gave him four years, $80 million, So, And again, he's still 23, um, so I think that's going to help his game get to that next level too. Just going, hey, I'm going to a place where I'm wanted, and I think he fits in very nicely with those other couple guys. And of course, they brought Caruso in from the Lakers. You know, four years, 37 million. So they doled out some money for sure, but I I like the I like the fit. I like what they did. Caruso is going to give them that you know perimeter defender that they needed very much there. And Lonzo's an you know he's he's a good defender. He's a good defender as well. So now they've got some pretty good perimeter defenders there now. And then of course um, uh, the big guy that they had added via trade as well. What's his name, Mikey? Vucevic. Vucevic. There we go. Um, You know throwing that guy in. Hey, I like that starting five quite a bit. You know. Depth will still be a little bit of an issue, but they certainly got better. And I think, um, you know, we talked about it a little bit, I think, before we hit record. But I think it was you that said this might have vaulted them in the top six in the East. And I would agree with you there. I I, I think it puts them right there. I mean, I'd be shocked if the Bulls didn't make the playoffs. And I'd be a little surprised if they were in the play-in tournament. I'm with you. I think that gets them up in that top six. You look at Charlotte last year, and, you know, with LaMelo Ball – and, you know, you, you look at what they were able to accomplish and, you know, they really kind of turned some heads and they were, yeah, they were, they did. you know, they were in every single game. They, you know, it wasn't like it was one game they were getting blown out and the next game they were blowing the other right. team out. I mean, they were competitive through and through, um, you know, to the tune of James Borrego getting a contract extension with Charlotte, right. you know, and so yeah. Michael Jordan liked what he saw, yeah, and, you know, it. committed yeah. to, you know, giving this man you know, some, uh, some much needed, um, uh, you know, help. 
you know, and you look at what the Hornets did, and you know, I think Chicago could very easily be that kind of a team. Yeah, they totally still have, see they that. have a decision to make on Laurie Markkinen. They do um, a guy that he wants know, out. Yeah, he, he wants, wants out, out, but he's a restricted free agent. Yeah, exactly. And kind of like and nobody's Schreuder, really banging no down the door right no now. No one's looking at yeah. him, and you know, I mean, he may have to come back for that qualifying offer. And We're going to possibly, Siberia, a.k.a. Minnesota. Right. And so, you know, he, he may have to do, I don't know what he's going to do. Um, you know, but at this point, his trade value is nil. He's got no leverage. He's, he's got really nothing going on. And, you know, from by all accounts, it sounds like he's kind of flabbergasted that they're kind of like Dennis Schroeder. There's yeah. not a market for the dude. Yeah. Well, you know what? Like, you've been injury prone your entire yeah. career. You know, Great point. Kind yeah. of like Porzingis, you've had like one solid season to yeah. kind of put you on the map but every since then the expectations have been on level 10 but your right. play has been on a level three or four exactly. like you haven't you know yes. you're not a good defender you can't shoot the ball yeah. particularly well from deep you don't bring a whole lot to the table and yes you've complained about the, your usage and how you know right. coaching staffs have used so you i want and 14 15 mil in an extended role right well, yeah, but you have to prove that you're worthy of exactly, that. Exactly, right. And so he kind of like a Victor Oladipo. This is a guy and a Dennis Schroeder with Boston and, you know, you know, signing that one-year $5.9 million deal. You know, this might be a situation where the dude's just going to have to come back for $6 million. Yeah. And 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 really come through and, and show on a playoff caliber team what he brings to the table. Yeah, and if not, then point, this dude is, is going to be, you know, out of the league – Within yeah, this yeah, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So, totally um, yeah, dude, I, I, I like those moves. Um, you know, I, I like real quick. I like what Phoenix did. They brought back Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you, you, know, you nailed that. You know, when our last episode, we talked about what we thought Paul would do, and you totally said it. I think he'll opt out and come back on a three-year deal, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah. So, so you know, I like what they did. They brought in Alfred Payton. They brought back Cameron Payne. Um, you know, yeah, the Phoenix Suns, they, did, they, did, they did, they did some good things. Yep. Um, and you know, they'll certainly, you know, given, given health, I think that they're going to, you know, they're going to be right there in the midst of totally things. agree. Yep. Um, you know, they also brought in Landry Shamit, um, you know, as well. That's so right. they got another yeah. combo guard that can play that defense. You know, and clearly what they're doing, I think with the Alfred Payton and Shamit signings is they're, you know, and re-signing Cameron Payne is they're basically showing like Letting Chris Paul know, like, hey, look, dude, you know, we know you're injury prone. Here, here's, which is kind of a jacked up thing to do, but like, he's older. He's in the, his last contract. There's no yeah. way that he's getting out of this contract. No, but like, no. you know, these are guys that are going to be able to come in, and if he's not feeling it, if he gets hurt, these are guys that are going to be able to come in, spell him at point yeah. guard, you know, spot start, do what they have to do to make sure that they can still maintain some level of consistency. I will say this, however. Is it'll be interesting to see with the Phoenix Suns how they respond to now having that target on their back. Yeah, great point, right? You know, yep. last year they yep. were consistently one of the best teams, absolutely. Yeah. But when you look at the landscape of, of the Western Conference, you look at the injuries that happened to the Clippers. You look at the injuries that happened to the Lakers. The Lakers' yep. top two players missed like 70 games combined yeah. between AD and LeBron. 40 games or so yeah. for, for AD, 30-some-odd games for LeBron. You know, and you got to think a healthy AD Westbrook. was a little bit of a Phoenix killer when he was right. healthy, dude. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at Denver, and you look at the fact that you know El, uh, uh, Jamal Murray's going to come back. Yeah, great got point. Joker yeah. coming back. Yeah. You know, you you, you know, I, I think that the it's going to be really interesting to see what happens um, with the Phoenix Suns and how they respond to that adversity. Yeah. Are they going to be able to hit the ground running and still continue to be one of those best teams? Great point. You know, man. I think they can, Yeah. but it'll be interesting. And especially like you pointed out, I mean, Golden State's going to be nipping yeah, at their dude, heels. There's, there's going to be a lot of teams in the Western Conference that are going to be beasts. And it's, it's going totally. to be hard. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, the only other one I wanted to mention was uh, the Knicks getting uh, a steal with Kemba Walker coming yeah. over. It was funny, after the first day or two of free agency, they were on everybody's loser board because yeah. they weren't able to do anything. And then all of a sudden, they get Kemba Walker on a one-year, $8 million, extreme team-friendly kind of, I'm trying to show everybody I'm still a good, high-quality player deal. Right. Uh, but it's a perfect fit. It's exactly what they needed. They needed a ball handler. They needed a guy who could score the basketball to take a little bit of the load off Julius Randle. I mean, yeah. to expect Randle to do what he did last year again 
is a little unrealistic. The guy had a great year, sixth man of the year, but yeah. we saw in the playoffs he was only about 15 points per game, and the Hawks ended up taking care of him relatively mm-hmm. easily because when Randall wasn't scoring 24 a game, they just didn't have any offense. Right. So now you bring Kemba in, he can go back to more of his traditional role, Randall, and you know if he doesn't have to try to score 25 a game, that's a huge help for that team. I love that. You know, for a team mm-hmm. that really only made one move, but I think got a lot better helping out <laughs> their pieces. Um, great, great, great move for the Knicks. So, you know, great steal there. And, of course, health will be a factor. I mean, yeah. if, you know, I, but I think, again, he's going to be a motivated player as well, clearly. So yeah. I think Kemba's ready to, you know, hopefully have a, a full season and get back to the level he was playing at for Charlotte a couple years ago, you know. It's kind of interesting how many guys, so. you know, when you bring up Kemba Walker, you're right. I mean, you know, the Knicks are certainly trying to hope that they're getting the Kemba Walker from Charlotte. You right, know, the Kemba yeah. Walker from, you know, uh, uh, before, you know, from Boston, yep. you know, and, and, you know, after they traded, you know, and got rid of Kyrie Irving. Um, they're certainly hoping for that guy. But it's interesting to see all these guys that are kind of now – Eric Bledsoe, Victor Oladipo, Kemba right. Walker, um, you know, Alonzo Ball to some degree. You're looking at a lot of these guys that, you know, are kind of written off. They're kind of like, yeah. you know, they're, they're shells of their former selves or, you know, they haven't lived up to expectations or they've fallen flat on a lot of things. And they've signed Alonzo Ball notwithstanding because he, he was signed and traded and, you know, like you mentioned, and it's a great point, you know, he's wanted now in Chicago. Right. Um, you know, but – these are guys that are going to have something to play for. They've got another contract to play for. Yeah, and, you know totally. that could be a dangerous thing, You're and it right. could be a dangerous thing from the standpoint that do they play selfishly? Right. Do they yeah, do true. they play, you yep. know, to for that next contract and you know put up great stats, but their team doesn't win. Right. You know the other thing about Kemba Walker that's going to be interesting is is here's a guy that's you know I, I mean I wouldn't say he's necessarily you know a great defender. Yeah. He's a little bit undersized. Sure. It's going to be interesting to see how you know. Tom Thibodeau kind of incorporates them in that defense. Um, You know, you look at what New York was able to do, and they were able to throw out these lineups with a lot of guys that were able to switch and do multiple things out there on the court. And now with Kemba Walker, are they going to be able to still have that defensive intensity? Yeah, great Um, Because, you know, even with Atlanta, even though Atlanta ended up taking them in that first round, you know, their offense is what failed them. Yeah, you're right. You know, defensively was good. So. You know, can Kemp is Kemba make him that much better? Does he make him slip? I don't know. You know, you Derek Rose coming back, Alec Burke coming back, Nerlens Noel coming back, Todd Gibson coming back. Yep. Uh, you know, Julius Randle signing his extension. I mean, those right. are all huge things. Yeah. Totally. And then you went and got Evan Fournier, who Evan Fournier I forgot to mention him. Good point, Mikey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you went and got this really good shooter that will yep. spread that floor for Julius Randle and Kemba Walker. Um, you know. Unfortunately for Fournier, I mean, he didn't really seem to have as much of an impact in Boston after he got You're traded right. yeah. Um, yeah. from Orlando. So it'll be interesting to see, kind of like Kemba, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of fits in with that. Can he rediscover some of that? You know, you look at what he was doing in the Olympics a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And, you know, he was a big reason why France was, you know, in that title game great against points. Team USA. Yeah. Great um, yeah, and great he was Olympics. running point. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if anything, what New York does now is they have Fournier, Walker, Randall, Rose. They've got guys that can bring the ball up the floor. Yep. Uh, you know, they got guys that can help contribute to fast yep. break opportunities and, and things of that nature. So I, I totally agree with you, dude. I, I think the Knicks made some good moves. And, you know, kind of like Phoenix, though, it'll be interesting to see. In Atlanta, there's some young teams that I'm going to be very curious to see how they respond. Yeah, me too. To, to a year of success. Yes. And are they able to sustain sustain right. that success? While other teams around them got better Correct. as well. Right. Yeah, you know, points. are they going to be able to have that same camaraderie, that same chemistry, yep. you know, that same fire that they had last season? It'll be very interesting to see how that shakes down. Nice, here. man. Definitely. One other tidbit on Kemba Walker. Funny thing, you know, he comes back to Madison Square Garden where he actually had a whole highlight reel of big moments at UConn in college. Oh, yeah. Playing That's there, Big East tournaments and yeah. everything. It's kind of funny. That guy has more signature moments in that building than most Knicks players on that roster do already. Yeah, Just from true. all that time at UConn yeah. and, and the big games they played there. So 
interesting. Just a you know, yeah. might make a difference. It might not, but something worth noting. You know, well, at so, least we know that you know, if you're a Knicks fan, you could take solace in the fact that you know he's comfortable playing in that. Building. That's true, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, the the stigma of Madison Square Garden is not like. You know, and you look, I mean, you know, we're, we're coming up here in the last minute, but like, yep. you look at guys like Kobe Bryant. I mean, these were guys that loved playing in yeah. MSG. Jordan, because, and Kobe, right, they, exactly. they, they, you know, they knew out. how yeah. iconic yeah. That, that stadium was, that yeah. arena was. And, you know, obviously Kemba Walker is used to playing there. So, yeah. I mean, that could end up playing, uh, you know, playing out well for them. Nice, so. man. Anything, uh, hey, we're, as Mikey said, we're in our final minute, about to wrap up today's episode. Anything in closing today, brother? No, I got nothing, man. I mean, I'm sorry we didn't get to NFL talk, but you know, no, we'll hit right. on that we'll, next, yeah, next week. Yeah, we'll jump in with a full uh, NFL preview next week. So. But, man, good good stuff, dude. Good yeah, stuff totally. about the free agency and love, trades. Love going through it, absolutely, you know, it's, man. It's fun, dude. This is that exciting time, man, where, you know, everybody's, like, on that level playing field. That's that right. Everybody's a contender, out. right? Everybody's got right, optimism dude. for next next year totally right, awesome hey guys balls and beards podcast episode 33 in the books don't forget to check out our patreon mikey and i will see you all again next week have a good one everybody see ya